We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. As usual, stay tuned to the end of the interview, where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes, and all of the show notes are over at theentrepreneurethos.com. Thanks again for listening and all the things you do to make the show successful. Now, on to my guest today, Anthony Arissus, CEO and founder of RareCut, a lifestyle brand built around pocket squares. The idea for RareCut pocket squares came to Anthony after he witnessed his manager prepare himself to go on stage for an award and speech. Anthony tried to help him with his pocket square and then later noticed in the pictures that the pocket square was nowhere to be seen. He realized there was a problem to be solved. How to keep the pocket square from falling? The result was rare cut pocket square, which has the tagline, the pocket square that stays up. After college, Anthony went into medical device sales. He had no intention of starting a lifestyle brand but he's clearly embraced the journey. He documented his challenges and successes of starting his company, and when he launched in 2020, he quickly raised the funds he needed. Based in his garage in Queens, Anthony recognizes the importance of community, using his company to shine a light on the struggles small businesses have faced throughout the pandemic. In answer to the lack of a need for a pocket square during right the pandemic, with so many people staying home, he made and sold a t-shirt with part of the proceeds going towards a fund to help small businesses. He also developed a campaign to raise money for breast cancer research. Anthony credits his success with consistency and just showing up. He also acknowledges the sacrifices made by others, in particular, a grandfather who immigrated from Greece. And if you are looking for a present for your dad on Father's Day, which is coming up, This is a pretty cool one. So go over to the Rare Cut website. It'll be in the show notes. It's rarecut.com. 
And I think they've got a deal going on for Father's Day pocket square. So head over there if you want to buy your dad a pocket square. I bought a couple and they're actually pretty cool. So now let's get better together. Anthony Orissus, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Jerry. I nailed the name. That's all I care about. <laughs> We're off to a great start. I mean, I I have a weird name. Not that you have a weird name, but people always mess it up. It's I don't mind yeah. as much. Like I have people that are actually like my friends, like, you know, it's really jarry. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Right. But I can appreciate it because sometimes, you know, there's some things that you just have to like practice a little bit. So I'm glad I got your name right. Anthony, you're the founder, CEO of Rare Cut, which is a, how would you describe what Rare Cut does? Because uh, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So um, Rare Cut, I would describe it as a lifestyle brand mm-hmm. with our flagship product being a proprietary pocket square um, that has a memory metal in the middle. So no matter how you bend, twist, or fold it, it retains its shape. So when you put it in your pocket, it stays up. And that is our tagline. We have a little tongue-in-cheek tagline. So it's some fun with our marketing. It stays up. So that is our line. That's our trademark line. Well, uh, wow. So uh, we kind of like starting off it with the, with the hitting it hard, right? Um, so actually, before we get into all that... <laughs> It's gonna be a uh, censored, gonna be a, a censored episode. Censored episode. Yeah, innuendo, innuendo, innuendo. Right. Get two, two knuckle dragon bros talking right. it up. No, we're not knuckle dragons <laughs> very much. Um, but uh, like I always like to say, you know, when I usually start this off, um, why don't you tell us how you got to do what you're doing today? Because this, uh, God, I got to hear this story. Yeah, hundred percent. So I. Uh, got into it unexpectedly. I have no background whatsoever in fashion. Um, I can't say it's something that was I aspired to get into. It just kind of um, an idea came to me, fell into my lap, and I ran with it. So I sell medical devices. Um, and it's funny how uh, one thing leads to another in life. You know, when I was in college, I bartended. The guy I bartended with um, hooked me up uh, in the industry of uh, medical device sales. So that led me into medical devices. I've been doing that since college. So for, I don't know, like 14 or so years. And during a medical device, um, it was like a gala. It was like an awards dinner. My manager was um, getting ready to get an award on stage and we're very tight. And before he was getting announced, he's like, how's my hair? And I'm like, I got some crap in it. So I took it out. He's like, how's my tie? I tightened it up for him. And he goes, how's my pocket square? I go, I, I don't know, man, it keeps falling. Um, he's like, how do you fold these? And he t- takes it out, gives it to me. And I go, I have no idea what to do with this. And he's like, just, can you figure it out? I go, sure. I stuffed it back in his pocket, goes on stage, gives this, you know, incredible speech. And we got all the pictures back from that event. And we noticed that his name brand expensive pocket square fell. It was nowhere to be seen in any of the pictures. So it got me thinking if you have, if you go to the extent to wear this, this pocket square to do, to do that a little bit extra but no one sees it. <laughs> like, what's the point in wearing it? So that kind of just triggered the idea of like, Hey, how come these are so difficult to fold and why can't they be easier? So that's really what sparked the idea for rare cut and, and where we are today. And obviously a lot of R and D and time uh, and coming up with the memory metal, but that's really what sparked the idea to come up with something uh, reinvented. Huh? Yeah. Never would think like pocket square, like 
I know when I got married to my late wife, Jane, um, we had some custom pocket squares done. I had a friend who, who did all that. She made me a custom pocket square for all the groomsmen and a, I think it's an ascot. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, because <laughs> I had this tux of like, what I'm like, gosh, I look really cool. But the material <laughs> she made the pocket square out of was so rigid that it never fell. I mean, literally I still wear it sort of in tribute to her. Um, but it's funny because men's fashion, quote unquote, is, well, I wouldn't call it boring, but I would call it like, there's just things, right? Not right. a lot of things you can do to kind of spice it up. Some people wear bow ties, some people mess their hair up, like whatever. So it's interesting that this pocket square, I never thought of it as like a nice kind of conversational accessory. Because when people see it, they're like, oh, that's really cool because it's a different color and mm-hmm. interesting. So I'm, I'm curious, you know how how do i put this what kind of man wears a pocket square it's a great question all right so i mean it really varies in that answer right but uh we can go in all sorts of directions but i would say the person that does a little bit extra in life the person that goes that 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 little differentiator um in in an individual that stands above the rest and maybe all they do is something that's two to three percent different than the average person but because they do the two to three percent extra to get recognized and that's a differentiator in average and, and greatness in a personality that person just puts in a little bit extra and that little bit extra goes a long way same with a pocket square you go rock a jacket you're going to look good, right? Whether you wear a tie or not, I don't really wear ties anymore, but whether you rock a tie or not, that's that's on you. But that little pocket square shows that, hey, I took that one extra step. Didn't take me long, but I was conscious of like how I look and I wanted to go above and beyond by just doing something small. And it makes you stand out from the crowd. I like that idea of just that little extra step. I think a lot of entrepreneurs what's the word I'm, I'm at a loss for words. It's just, it's so <laughs> I'm just like, so happy. I got your name, right. I'm just like, ah, yeah. this is going to be easy. <laughs> no, it's actually not. It's actually very thought provoking. And I think this whole one to 2% better, that little edge, that little like nudge, that little like, okay, this little detail, you know, you're right. I, I mean, I think this is the difference between success and failure for a lot of things, right? Like, even in, in athletics, okay, like say everyone's the same, you know, I know a bunch of professional athletes and they, you know, they're at a very high level and that one to 2% matters to them. It's like that one step, that half a step. Now, of course right. they're athletes or whatever, but I think in business and entrepreneurship and, you know, to what you're doing, this sort of uh, lifestyle brand of I'm, I paid attention to the detail enough because it matters to me. And I'm curious, is, is that the way you think about it? Because I know you're in sales and of course mm-hmm. my guess is more salesy type folk would do this. I don't know. That's just me. I'm not, you know, I always tell everyone at sales is the S word to me. That's the reason yeah. why I'm like, oh, I get it. Trying to learn it more and be like, that's why I have these conversations. So what is it like? Is it like, how does that come across? You know I mean? Like you, of course, you're, you can't, people can't see it, but you have this, you're wearing one clearly. <laughs> um, of course. Yeah. Now how, 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 how does that conversation start? How, you know, what's the, what's the dynamic of it? Because I always love the little 
just a little, just a little more. I don't know. I don't know how to say that. So I'll say this. It, it's a conversation start. It's a conversation piece. Um, I'll tell you, I'll, especially when I was a single man, like it, it, if you go out rocking it and you know, you're on the prowl, say it's, and you have like this, like I'm showing you one right now that has dogs on it. You're going to find someone that happens to like dogs and be like, Whoa, that's cool. I like that. And all of a sudden now it's, br- it's broken the ice because when you're meeting somebody initially and you don't know anything about them, it's, you got to kind of dive and be like, all right, where can we find that common ground? What can we talk about outside of how you doing or weather? That's, you know, weather is very boring talk. So uh, <laughs> yeah. it's just something that you're almost giving someone an opportunity to comment and to engage in a conversation. And especially, with, like I said, when I was a, a single man, like I would always rock, I still do, but I always rock box square and you'd have, you know, a lot of people commenting and saying like, Hey, I love that. Or that's really cool. And just, it just opens up the floodgate of conversation. Now I'll never forget this. This is before I even had rare cut before I founded it. Me and my buddy just so happened to be wearing the same exact suit, like exact make, exact color, everything to the T, right? And we're standing next to each other. We're having a conversation. Um, you know, we look, uh, we don't look exactly like, but we have a similar build. And this girl came up to us. I was having a conversation. She goes, Anthony, you look so nice today. And my buddy's like, what? He's like, do you not notice that we are wearing literally the same exact suit? And she laughed and she goes, yeah, but he's wearing a pocket square and you're not. And I cracked up. And this is before I even had the company. And my buddy goes, ah, I guess I got to start rocking pocket squares now. And that's where that little bit extra kind of um, idea came from. Because I'm like, we are I- identical. We are just identically the same. However, I did the one to 2% extra that we talked about and he didn't. And I was the one that was like noticed because I did the one little extra thing. And and to liken it to sports, like you said, right? Like, all right, the one athlete that's before they go to bed, they're watching, you know, 10 minutes of film or 20 minutes of film. That's a differentiator because that basket that, you know, most guys shoot and don't go in because he did all that work, it goes in and now he's hailed a hero. Well, that only required, you know, they go to the same gym, they go to the same practice, they practice the same amount of time. Basically they're all very regimented in, in, in their, in their training, but the one that did the very little extra gets all the glory. And I think that's true in life as well, whether it's sports, entrepreneurship, life in general. Yeah. It's always the little like 1% better. I mean, you know, totally. people always say, if you want to improve, right, do improve 1% a day. Um, And, you know, sometimes that's hard. And sometimes it seems a bit frustrating. And honestly, you just don't sometimes feel the progress. But I I think to your point, every little bit counts. And I'm just interesting that you decided to, you know, again, this is sort of your side hustle. You've got a day job. Uh, That just seems like talk about something completely different than what you do for a living. Right. I mean, totally. <laughs> you know, totally. medical devices, you know, I wouldn't call it a very complicated sales process, obviously. And a lot of other, a lot of, a lot of other challenges and struggles with that, but it's, well, you mentioned that this is a lifestyle brand. Do you do more than just pocket squares? Yes. So what we did, so we had a Kickstarter. So we launched on Kickstarter this is my pandemic baby. We launched and I didn't mean to, I wanted to launch earlier. And then I wanted, originally I wanted to launch rare cut on Kickstarter in March of 2020. Well, that's when the world for the most part found out what coronavirus was. Yeah. So I was like, all right, this seems like a really inappropriate time (laughs) to launch a fashion accessories company. Let me hold off. So I held off 
until September 2020. And still, it felt like, you know, I was like, you know, it's now or never. It's never going to feel like the right time. Who knows how long is it going to last? And in a 30-day campaign, we did over $50,000 worth in sales. I'm like, oh, damn, I think I'm onto something here, especially when no one, including the founder himself, is not getting dressed up for anything because we weren't allowed to go anywhere. So that was just like validation right there of like, okay, like proven concept. There's a need here. This could turn into something. Now, um, after launching that, I was in the process of fulfilling orders and uh, talking to a lot of people, getting a lot of feedback. And I had a lot of people reach out to me, say, hey, I would love to support your brand. I love what you're doing. Here's the thing though. I have nowhere to wear a suit to or even a sports jacket to because of pandemic or my new job or now I work remote or whatever the whatever the reason was. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. And then at that same time, um, what was like not really being spoken enough of enough, in my opinion, was all the small businesses that were closing in, you know, the, uh, local to my area, but, you know, countrywide, worldwide. And a lot of people I know that had family businesses like diners who were, you know, third generation owners now had to close their doors and just like, no one's really hearing about this stuff. We hear statistics of like all these businesses are closing, but it doesn't really quite strike you. It doesn't really like hit you until you see the individual that's actually being affected. So what I decided to do was I created a, um, a shirt. It was a, and a pocket square as well, but it was also a shirt and it said shop local on there. It was in that classic blue New York city coffee cup on the top. It had the, uh, of the coffee cup. It had the torch from the statue of Liberty, which signifies the land of opportunity. You know, why so many people came to this country for opportunity. And it just felt, uh, I just felt un-American that all these people were losing their jobs. And it was just, it was just a horrible thing to witness and, and kind of feel helpless to. And what I did was I wanted to back up um, put my money where my mouth was. So we took a portion of, of all sales from the shirts and the pocket squares, and we donated to the Barstool Fund, which was donating towards uh, small business owners in need. And what we did was on top of that is we featured small business owners that were wearing the pocket square. And we asked them a question. You know, Remember, our tagline is, it stays up. So my question to them was, how do you stay up during these hard times. And we had an individual at their place of work rocking a jacket in the pocket square. And then you kind of getting a deep dive into what they're going through at this moment and how they're getting by their families, their businesses, all that. So that was our first t-shirt that we launched and we we did really well with that. And I was like, you know what? This could be so much more than just you know being niche is great. But I was like, you know, we can expand into into other things and t-shirts seems like it makes sense. What we did to follow that was we did a breast cancer awareness campaign, same thing, did a t-shirt, pocket square, and we featured uh, women and family members of women who are going through their breast cancer journeys and highlighted their story, what to expect, what to go through. We did interviews that were very well received and donated a portion of the proceeds to the Avon Foundation. So that kind of opened up my eyes to what this could potentially be, and it could be like more of a movement than anything. And okay. It's like, what does rare cut stand for? You know, it's it's not just pocket squares. It's, you know, when you're cut from a different cloth, when you want to do things a little bit differently, I think that embodies the brand and also the direction of where we're heading. Yeah, no, it's always good to have that. Why, you know, I mean, right. You know, business is business and you got to eat and making money is not bad. Obviously like the world is where it is because of entrepreneurship. But I mean, I really like that ethos of, 
well, how can I do some good too? I mean, and I love that, you know, small business, you know, I like the the throwback to it. It's really cool to have a sense of community too. And so is it, do you feel like that, that the people that actually, you know, buy from rare cut, you know, rock the pocket square, rock the t-shirts, all that sort of stuff. Is that community? Is that, how do you find that community? Is it one, one of, I mean, mostly men or like, I'm assuming it is, but you know, like people love brands that stand for something that they can support growing a community together and they just feel part of something. And like, how, how does that, how does that work? Yeah. Love that question. And I think what we do, what we're, what we're realizing is that like, we're building like our own tribe and that I'm, I can't even say that was initially like the goal, but like people go out and, and when people go out, they're like, Oh yeah, let me work, rock the pocket square. So they're going somewhere that they dress up to that. They feel excited to be at. They take pictures and they tag us and we get so much content that's user generated that people just send us and like, Hey, having a great time at this event and boom, now we, now we have a post to share and we get to show people out having a good time in their life. And I think that's, we're there for your good moments. You know what I'm saying? So I love that we have that. Um, And I think, you know, there's this expression that says, you know, you have a true business, a sustainable business when you have your 1000 true fans. And I think we're heading there. I, I, you know, we've had, you know, we've had over a thousand customers for sure, but like thousand fans that are just like excited to share your stuff. I think once you reach that level, you really have something and people are just like excited to see what's, what's next. And, and they feel like they are a part of something. And for me, you got to kind of cater to the world, you know? So right now I'm coming to you live from my, it's my factory, so to speak, but it's my <laughs> office. This is my garage in Queens, New York. So All this right. is where I do my, my pressing, my printing, uh, my everything I, I do here. I have some weights, uh, yeah. It's a dartboard. It's a, kind of like a man cave too. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I do everything from here and I'm very, very uh, small business, like feel super local. And a lot of people from Queens, New York uh, have taken to it. Like, that's really cool that you have like a true garage startup. And I do. So people who are interested in like small business from like very humble beginnings and, and, and roots, like th- that's what we stand for. Like we are like, I'm, I'm talking out of my garage right now. And I think people like that because when this ultimately gets to where I know it's going to get to, you never forget your roots. You know what I mean? And I will always say, hey, we started out of a garage in Queens, New York. That's where we come from. So people that are fans of that gravitate towards us. My background is also Greek. I'm Greek American. So we, I'm very oh, blessed to be, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm blessed right. to be part of that, that tribe. So I got to say when Greeks often, most often support other Greeks. Oh yeah. It's like the Greek mafia. It's every kind of (laughs) name it mafia. You know what I mean? Totally, man. So that's, so I have that built in as well. And I got to say, I get a ton of support from the Greek community. So through these uh, different groups is us building up to our 1000 true fans. And um, it's a fun journey. I have to, I have to remind myself like, yeah, do I want to one day have a, a penthouse suite office somewhere in the city. Sure. Of course I would love that, but I'm also really enjoying working out at the garage and yeah. working here and dogs barking in the background. It doesn't bother me. It's just like, you know, this is cool. Yeah. Just re- enjoy these days. You know, you, uh, you a sports fan. Oh, big time, man. I got Mets memorabilia Mets, all okay. over here. 
jet stuff. I, I unfortunately my taste in teams isn't the best, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm ride or die. <laughs> have you have you have you ever heard of a podcast called Veterans Minimum? I have not. What's that about? Nick Dias, another Greek guy. Oh, lives in New York City. <laughs> no He's kidding. on the Blue Wire podcast network that I'm on. You guys no got to hook up because he is a big, big podcast guy. He's a lot, great guy. Just so, so awesome. And uh, I'll introduce you guys once oh, we're off that. this thing. But the, 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 that, that's so that's his vibe too, right? Like his, his dad, like sells coffee and egg sandwiches on the corner of someplace in downtown Manhattan, Manhattan. He's like the mayor of that corner. He's been doing this forever. You know, it's like the story. Oh, like, I, I don't know if he's from Queens or not. I'm not sure where he's from. I get it all confused. Maybe Long Island. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> close um, enough. yeah, Claire, you know, yeah, close I, enough. I'm surprised you guys don't know each other. You're Greek. <laughs> I get it. If you introduce us, I bet you like, you know, they say six degrees yeah. since Kevin Bacon yeah. or when you're Greek, it's like two degrees. So yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll figure yeah. out a, a common cousin that we have. <laughs> and we'll find out that we're cousins too. It's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's, but that's the power of like the immigrant, like you, you talked about the immigrant and, you know, people come to New York and really like, and it's not talked about, I mean, it's talked about, but not like not a foundational for entrepreneurship and why we, as a society and as the U.S. are have the mechanism to thrive, right? We literally are like, you got an idea, come make it happen. It we almost cheer for the under, you know, the underdog, right? We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, go, go, you know. I mean, not so much anymore because, of course, it feels more like we're in an oligarchy now with all the rich billionaires and stuff. But like what you're doing. You know what Nick's doing over at Veterans Minimum for his podcast and trying to expand his community. He's got a big community. He's a big sports. I mean, I don't know much about sports. I know it's crazy. I'm on a sports podcast. You know, I'm not really a big sports fan. Don't tell him that. Don't tell him. I that. won't tell him. We'll leave that part out. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that thousand true fan concept. All entrepreneurs really need to take that to heart because it takes a lot to get there. But when you get there, you've got some ballast, right? And that ballast is what holds you up through the challenge. And of course, if you're a small business, like what you do, it's different than if you're obviously a venture-backed SaaS company. But the fundamentals are the same. How do you create that community of fans that knows, likes, and trusts you, and that's got your back, that says, you know what? Anthony, that's a good guy. You should do business with him. Like I, I know, like my for me, if I'm like looking for something and I ask a buddy, hey, who should I talk to? Like I'm going to talk to whoever they tell me to because I right. trust them, right? Right. Brands are the same way, and it's just sort of really not a lot of people spend a lot of time doing that, especially these kind of tech companies. I mean, they want to have community, so they have. I'm the manager of community. And you're like, okay, what the hell does that really cool. <laughs> Right. Awesome. Right, well, right, right. I know what they're trying to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what are some of the things you do to build community? You mentioned support local, you mentioned nonprofits, but is there anything in particular like other than that? Yeah. So what you got to stay true to your roots. So I will answer. I wanted to add one more thing to the thing uh, prior that you touched on. And then I want to absolutely answer that question. Um, I think it kind of ties into this too. 
um, knowing your roots is so important, right? So my grandfather came over to, from Greece to Ellis Island, one of my grandfathers, uh, in 1912. So I um, have the picture of the ship that he came on uh, over uh, when I go downstairs to leave my apartment. Um, it's it's hanging right there. So every time I leave my apartment, I see it and, and I kind of remind myself, don't forget why you're here. Um, a lot of sacrifices were made for you to be here. Yeah. So like, s- seriously, seize the day, seize the opportunity. Don't blow it. Like, don't forget all your background and things. I don't even know that happened for, for us to, to land here in Queens, New York is a big deal. So every time I leave, I touch it and I do a little prayer to myself too, to, re- to remind myself of how fortunate I am to be living here at this time, even though there's all this craziness going on, that's inevitable at all stages and times of life. Don't make excuses, make your dream happen. So that's one thing. But tying back into roots, I try to say true, true to roots in uh, different degrees as well, right? So um, with our content, uh, we feature um, we feature local comedians, local bands, local artists, and we try to tie everyone in because that's my community. And like, you got to stay true to your world. When you're true to your world, it comes off as what it is, authentic. People are like, oh, I, I support the local boys. There's a there's a band called Hollis Brown, and they they they're freaking awesome. I love them. I'm like I'm a huge fan of theirs. And they've done a song for us. They did a little jingle for us. They <laughs> rocked awesome. our shirts. They rocked our pocket square. They support us when they have a show in town. We support them. So that's really what it, it's. You know, people say support like oh I, I and it's a degree of it's a degree of support like oh like you repost something sure that's a degree. I'm talking about like when somebody has an event or someone is working towards something and they unveil something really showing up. That's people don't forget that stuff. I right. I know who backed up me with my campaign. I'll never forget them. And when they have something to launch, I got their back. So I think what it is is really just saying okay, who are the people in not even necessarily your network, but just in your world that show up for you and, yeah. and, and you show up for them too. And one hand washes the other. And, and listen, we, there's enough room for everyone to succeed, you know? So uh, I think when people take on that, Hey, I want, I want this person to, to make it. Uh, and you experience that, like I did with my Kickstarter campaign, you realize how much that effort means to people who are just trying to figure it out as they go. Like, no, everyone's journey is different in entrepreneurship, but when somebody believes in you and backs you up in any sort of way, it means more than that person even knows it does. It, it, it's like, it gives you, it's like almost like your lifeblood and it, it gives you that push to continue on, even on your toughest days. Yeah. The, the, the support's critical. I think the support's even more important sometimes than the money, you know, because yes. I mean, you can make money and lose money and it's just money. Right. But like the people that are going to be there for you during the ups and downs. I mean, you talk about family, right? That's an important mm-hmm. thing. I think Nick's dad's like came from Greece. So I think Nick's like first generation. And he always says, yeah, dad's fresh off the boat, like hardly speaks any English, but he's an entrepreneur doing this whole thing, you know? <laughs> God bless. Yeah. I know. It's incredible. And, and I don't know any, I really don't know very many places you can do that. And one of the things that's really interesting, someone mentioned, he's like, you know, there's not a lot of people trying to sneak. Like, what did he say? Like the border with Mexico is an example. It only goes one way, right? It's going right. towards us. No one's trying to sneak back in, right? You know, right, right. and 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 when I when he when he said that, I'm like, oh, that's a little weird. Then I thought, I go, well, 
to your point, for all the flaws, for all the, the shenanigans, and you know, we got a lot of work to do as a country. I think we all realize that. But for you, to your point, being with your community, helping people out, doing what you do, really taking care of those around you. Like it starts local, it always has, it always will. And that's a powerful thing. And if you're a startup or whatever, and you take care of that local community and build, build an authentic community, as you mentioned, unstoppable, just really unstoppable. So, so I mean, what's next for Rico? What's, what's your, what's some new products? Like anything else? Cool ties. You do guys do ties or not yet? We don't, we don't do ties. We have no plan on doing ties. So we want to be kind of like fashion forward. And what we're just seeing is that ties are kind of going out of fashion, even talking about Greek stuff, right? Even the most formal events, which is like a Greek wedding or a Greek christening. Hey, I've worn a tie my entire life. Now you're seeing even the most conservative old Greek man no longer wearing a tie. And when that guy's not wearing a tie, it means ties are going out of style. <laughs> he's not wearing a tie. Okay, we're going to so, make a rule. Yeah. This is the rule, right? When old Greek guys stop wearing ties, that means they're out. They're out. It's over. <laughs> it's done. That's the old the, Greek guy level. That's the, the heuristic. <laughs> that's and that's a hard barrier to cross. That's but, a uh, yeah. You know, I would agree. I would agree. It is. And there's certain. And don't get me wrong. There's certain occasions that, of course, of course. fall for a tie. But like I'm, I know uh, your viewers can't uh, can't see us right now. But right now I'm wearing my sports jacket with a t-shirt underneath, and that's a very like more modern kind of with, of course, the record pocket square. But it's a much more <laughs> modern look. It works. It's smart. It's just like it, it, it's it's more of today's look and fashion. So we won't to answer your question. Ties we won't get into. I don't see that happening probably ever. Um, but we are going to continue in the theme of backing up uh, certain things that are near and dear to our hearts. You know, as I touched on earlier, Shop Local is one. Um, Breast Cancer Awareness is second. Um, third, we have, we're collaborating. So kind of ties into your last question. Collaborating with another local brand um, that um, I have a ton of respect uh, for uh, for her and her business. Um, we are, her, her brand is called Hellenic Aesthetic. She has, she opened up her own shop. She moved from Florida to New York City. And, um, she's, she's a friend of mine. We've, you know, we've built a friendship ever since she's moved here and basically she's kind of like a Greek theme company, um, falls in line. You know, we had common ground, like, Oh, I'm, I'm Greek too. And kind of had a sit down, uh, talk. And what we decided to do was we're going to actually do something that's again, a cause that's authentic to us. So, um, the British museum has over 16,000 marbles and statues that belong to Greece that were once stolen some time ago. And um, it's been a mission of many people to try to get them back. And what we're going to do is we made, uh, I can't give too much details yet, but the shirt is semi-controversial. It's a pretty cool shirt of um, of the statues being stolen in the middle of the night. And, um, you know, we are teaming up with a foundation that's in England that does demonstrations. They do protests that believe that they should go back to their rightful home. And same thing, we're going to give a portion of of all sales and proceeds to that foundation. So it's like true to us, true to things that are in our world and that we uh, feel like we can, we can use some, uh, some light, they can shine a light on and we feel like we're the right people to do that. So that's the next step in terms of just like lifestyle brand. And also we have our spring and summer line coming out in just about a week. So that's new and exciting. So uh, yeah, man, a lot of, a lot of exciting things going on and just, um, to anyone that's listening as an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur, 
Um, I, I say this, um, what people gravitate to the most, we talked about authenticity on this podcast, is document your journey. Even if you feel like you have nothing to talk about, I always say this is one of my favorite things to, to share with anyone is take your phone, which is in your pocket, um, take it out and just record once a month. Like, Hey, here's what's going on in my world. Because you will, you will track your own progress that way. And you will see how far you've come along. And if you review it a year later, you'd be like, wow, a year ago, I didn't know how to figure out X, Y, Z. It seemed like the biggest obstacle to, to overcome. And now I can do it in two seconds with my eyes closed. It's really no issue whatsoever. It tracks your own progress. It's your own self journal. If you want to share it on social one day, go for it. Or you can do what I did with one entrepreneur who I really took to. Uh, she started a, a, a cookie company, like the vegan cookies are actually delicious. And um, she was bugging out. She was about to launch. And she's like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And you have it figured out. I go, do not look at me today <laughs> and think that the day before my launch, right. I had anything figured out. I go, right. you know what? I'm going to share this with you. And it's the only person I shared it with, I think, to this point. Um, but I shared the video that I took for me of right before I launched my company. I sent it to her and she called me and she's like, uh, I almost have tears in my eyes. Like I, you totally understand how I'm feeling. And um, that really helps. So that's a, that's a huge piece of advice I want to give to anyone, any entrepreneur. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. Just do it for your own life journal. Yeah, totally. And, and no, it's good because you know, you're going to evolve and you're going to learn. And like, that's, I mean, the reason why I do this show, you know, originally this was a book called, I oh, wow. published it in 2017. It was called the entrepreneur ethos. And the real kind of thrust of it was, you know, my wife at the time, Jane, who I talk about a lot, she passed away of leukemia five years ago, which, you know, is, is awful. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, the, the the good and the bad of that, obviously. I mean, the good was I got to, you know, be with her for that amount of time. We, we only really knew each other like maybe five and a half years from when we met till she died. Um, but she taught me a lot about sh showing up and being the voice of the people that don't normally have a voice. <clears throat> so she was Asian, Asian woman entrepreneur which they don't make, they don't get much, one, they don't get much investment Two, they don't run much company. And then of course, venture capital entrepreneurship can be a bit misogynist. It's, you know, it's, it's improving, but not as much. And she would always be like, look, you know, the minority can scream and yell at the top of their lungs. It's, it's, it's only when the majority starts saying what the minority says is when the change happens. So she's like, look, if, if you think this is the wrong thing to do, then, I mean, you're the tall white guy with the beard. You're like 95% of all venture capital and entrepreneurs. So buddy, you know, start, you know, that's the reason why the book happened. She's like, right. talk about like the ethos of this. Like, how do you be the best of the best as opposed to just the line, like meeting the minimum. Um, and yeah, like sharing the journey, no matter how insignificant you think it is. I mean, matters, right? I mean, there's always someone behind you and ahead of you that could learn from you. And I remember yes. that's why I do this show. I mean, I've talked to what 19-year-old entrepreneurs, I've talked to 77, 78-year-old entrepreneurs, wow. like all these different in all sorts of different industries. And every time I learn something just something new, and people just are really appreciative of the like the story, you know. And I always think, like, yeah, if you learn something, you should share it. 
that's just personally my, my take. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I like the entrepreneur community so much because it's such a hard job. <laughs> like, I can is. tell you exactly what I'm doing. You, there's no way you're going to copy it because it's so dang hard anyway. So, I mean, who, yeah, good, who good, luck. So, yeah, good, good luck. Good luck. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, once you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I wish exactly, exactly. And to your point, everyone has their own unique journey. And sometimes because we're in it, we're like, oh, this is just what I do. But to the person that you mentioned that is maybe a few steps behind you, that's extremely interesting reality TV for them because they want to be where you are. Even though you aspire to be on a level higher, someone is behind you and someone wants to be like, Oh, how'd you even get to that point? Even though you feel like you're on square one or two, you know, they're on, they're on base level there. They, they want to get to where you are. And we forget that sometimes because we have high aspirations. So, you know, with, with sharing the journey, it's so important because sometimes you feel like, does anyone care? And maybe you posted something and it only got a few likes. You're like, well, that was a dud. Then maybe I, and then you start guessing like a second guessing, like uh, maybe no one really cares. And then all of a sudden one day you see someone at a party, like this happened literally a week and a half ago. I saw my girlfriend, like I posted something. I thought it was actually a really great post and I got a decent amount of traction on it. And two people came up to me and they're just like, Hey, are you the guy from rare cut? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, I saw that thing that you did with that emergency pocket square delivery post that you did. Like that was awesome. It was so authentic. And I'm like, wow, like you don't even know who's watching, but like they're watching. And you know, it's easy to get discouraged in the beginning because you know you you're, you're looking at the the number of people who like it. it. It whether it was hundreds and hundreds, or maybe if it was a dozen, whoever they, that dozen that liked it and saw it, you had their attention, and you have more people's attention too that just didn't click on that like button. But the little things, the mundane things of just like, hey, now I'm going to pick up rolls of fabric and making it into a 15 second clip. I did that prior to the Kickstarter launch. And I just, cause I didn't have anything else to show. I'm like, this is what I'm doing in my world. And that is, I get asked, like, how do you think you had such a successful Kickstarter launch? And I go, because I shared every step of the journey for three years before I launched, whether you knew me personally, whether you're my best friend, an acquaintance, you knew that I have a company that's about to launch one day called Rare Cut. And then when I finally launched, people were like, oh, that's what he's been showing us for three years. It's it's here. And, and people came in droves because I shared the journey, but I, I want not just you to keep in mind, but anyone that's listening or maybe considering going through the route of entrepreneurship. As I was going through it, I didn't know if people really cared. And then when it came game time, I was like, people showed up. And that that is because of consistently putting out um, my message and broadcasting what I was doing. Uh, more people are watching than you even realize. Yeah, no, that's hundred percent true. I, it, my story on that was uh, I met I met someone through a friend, and you know it's this someone I was going to do business with, and you know we're chatting and talking, and he's like, "Hey, you you I read your book," and I'm all, "Huh? What? You read, which which one? Like, because I've got several." It's like, "Oh, I, re- I read the Entrepreneur Ethos." I'm like where in the hell did you get that? I mean, you can put it on Amazon, but it's like not, I mean, it's, it's like what you said, right? He's like, oh, I went to school in Atlanta and a professor of mine of entrepreneurship, he had a copy of it on his desk. And I'm all, well, how did he get it? And he's like, yeah, he went to some event you were at for one of your players and he, you gave it to him. Huh. And he's like, yeah, I read it. I go, it's really good. I'm like, God, this is you know, I'm so glad to meet you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> This was like three years, two or three years ago, right? And you, so 
you, I mean, when you say you never know, you absolutely never know. But the thing that you kid on, which I love, and that's smack perfectly right on consistency, document the journey. People want to know, like, even if you think it goes in the void, like, I mean, this podcast, right? Yeah. Am I Joe Rogan numbers? Of course not. I'm not Joe Rogan numbers, but look, I consistently show up, put it out there. And I've got now a body of work of people like you on the journey. And like, it's, it's valuable to people. Right. And even if, you know, half a dozen to a dozen people listen to it, if it only takes that one person, like this person, he's like, Oh, wow. I'd love to do business with you. You're such a great guy. I love, really loved your book. I totally relate. And I'm like, how the hell did you even find it? <laughs> Amazing. You know what I mean? Totally. And, and you know, one person to, to your point, one person can change your life. No, one, one person can change your life. And to tie back to almost come full circle to what we spoke about in, in the beginning, beginning of the podcast is you, you mentioned you're okay. In terms of listenership, you're not Joe Rogan numbers yet. You know, you, you are building yourself up to you're consistently growing your audience, but whether you did mention, you're like, Hey, I'm showing up and showing up is tying into what we talked about earlier. That's how you get 1% better is by showing up. Cause you can very easily find every excuse in the book to not record. Yeah. It's so easy to make an excuse, yeah. it's, it's, but, but you are. So yeah. you're getting, that is how you are getting 1% better is by doing those things that seem mundane. Yeah. They seem routine, but you have the discipline to follow through. And in this day and age, in this post COVID hangover that we're all experiencing where people used to hit the pavement hard and work. And now they're like, well, what is work? You know, like, yeah. uh, yeah. I, I didn't, I don't have to show up to a job. I can work from a coffee shop and that's fine. But the definition of what hard work is has drastically changed uh, throughout the country and the world. So you still maintaining a level of discipline to show up, like you said, is a differentiator and is what will get you ultimately to that revolution by becoming 1% better every single day is showing up. So, uh, you know, credit goes to, uh, as the saying goes to the man in the arena or person in the arena uh, who's out there and, and, and putting quote. themselves out there. Love it. Lo lo love that quote. Yeah. And I think that's what entrepreneurship is all about. I think it's showing up and doing the best you can. Like you can't really growth hack your way anymore. I mean, there's things you can do, but when you have that attitude about, oh, I'm just going to whatever name, some silly growth hacking thing that that's probably going to be arbitraged out at any one point, the authentic entrepreneur that loves what they're doing and has a vision and a mission and like really has a big idea. Like you have a big idea, right? It's like, look, I'm going to create a fashion accessory for men. That's going to give them that one to 2% like I'm about the pop, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm, that's me. Like yes. that's me. Right. Yes. And you show up like that and whatever your thing is, people will eventually notice. I mean, you know, you mentioned like that one person, right? So yes. funny story about how I met Jane, that one person that, that introduced me to Jane is now the mayor of San Francisco. <laughs> wow. No kidding. She married us, wow. right? She married us. Wow. So, and I literally, sh I, I didn't even know. So, I, I, I met her at a gay pride breakfast. So, second thing is, you never know where you're going to meet your wife, next wife, or future Facts. wife, or whatever. So, whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, well, you know, I had a wife before. Um, I, I've talked about her too, but, but you know what I mean? And it's because I showed. I literally did not want to go to this breakfast at 8 a.m. on a Sunday, I was hungover, right? I don't drink anymore, but I was like, I don't want to go, but I promised her I would. I promised London, 
Breed, Mayor Breed, not Mayor Breed at the time, like candidate for supervisor Breed at the time. She said, I need you to show up so we can press and grin with all the politicos. And that's when I met Jane. And same thing now with my fiance, right? Like now I have a fiance, Minerva, great woman, you know, like got lucky twice. Like I'm just, I just can't even imagine, like my world could go completely haywire. And I'm like, gosh, how lucky am I? Met her through a friend. I actually literally, (laughs) I didn't, I saw someone, I'm like, who's this on my phone? I didn't know who it was. I was about not, I was about not to pick it up. Literally, it was like, ah, I don't want it. Picked it up. It was her. <laughs> Whoa. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, wow. we had met before, but you know, like it's, it's, it's little, I mean, little things just, I mean, taking the meeting like you, we had to reschedule this podcast, like fine, let's do it. But just, it's the little things. It's not the huge, massive thing. Show wow. up consistently. Oh, I got the chills when you said that. I because I, I think back of the, the uh, I met two of my best friends at events I did not want to go to, and right. I forced myself to go there. I um, I told you how I got into the medical device industry because a fellow bartender said, "Hey man, I sell medical devices. Changed my world." You right. know, like a lot of it. It's so funny that the times that we like, we know we should do something, but we don't really feel like it. Or like, you know what? Just push yourself to do it. But I, there's so much magic that happens. From, from those times and those instances where you're just like, you know, let me just go because I probably should go. And then you almost get rewarded for it as, as you have in your I examples. Mean, you know, it's like, uh, what did Woody Allen say? Like 85% of life is showing up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you may think him one way or the other, but that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, good quote's a good quote. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Sometimes whatever, but like, it's true. So, Hey man, Anthony, this has just been such a great conversation and what a great company. What a great story. Just, I'm definitely going to hook you up with Nick. I love that. <laughs> He's such a great guy. I already Hopefully like you him. guys. Will, you'll greet <laughs> you'll, you're not, you won't geek out. You'll Greek out. You'll <laughs> Greek out. Love that. Good, good pun. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm working on my bad dad jokes because um, my fiance has got a stepdaughter, I was a daughter, so I'll be a stepfather soon. So I have to have the bad dad jokes. And yeah, it could be bad mom jokes too. But this, like, I have to work on the bad ones. <laughs> bad, bad dad jokes are, it's, it's a special skill and you got to own it. You got to always own it. You know that they're, they're not the best jokes, but if you own it, they all, it, it's just like a lovable attribute of being a dad. And, and it's almost expected that you have bad you bad have dad to. jokes in your pocket. You, you have not have no pocket square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rare come pocket square in your pocket. You better there we have go. some bad dad jokes. There we go. There we go. Well, man, it's been such a great, great conversation. Stay safe. Good luck. And uh, yeah, thanks for everything. Thanks so much, Anthony, for being on the show. Like, what a great story. I hope you get to uh, <laughs> hook up with Nick. <laughs> I'm sure you guys will. I think every Greek knows every Greek, just like anything, right? I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, anyway, as promised, here are the actionable insights that I learned from my interview with Anthony. Even during the pandemic, Anthony never lost sight of his vision of making and selling pocket squares, something there wasn't a big need for when people were staying home. Without sacrificing that vision, he also found ways to meet his community where they needed him by selling t-shirts and turning their challenges and struggles around, right? So it's interesting because we always talk about pivoting 
And pivoting is something every startup does. You never start off with the idea <laughs> that you first started off with. You got to pivot. Um, in this particular case, I mean, he had to pivot a little bit. Now, as you know, this is sort of his side hustle, so not really reliant on this for a huge amount of revenue. But, I mean, he's got a passion for it. So this is a great thing to ask yourself, like, during tough times, how do I pivot? How do I move into other things to help serve the community? I think that's a really powerful thing. Anthony describes how he works with local artists, entrepreneurs, musicians, and more. He sees these relationships as integral to building his business and generating authenticity and trust. So we do talk a lot about community here, especially if you're a startup or any kind of company trying to kind of get people to know, like, and trust you. And as I always say, right, products democratized. I mean, you know, you can pretty much build anything, right? The community that you sell to and develop and nurture and be of service to is your most powerful uh, business, um, I don't know, superpower, I guess. Also, of course, serving them with a product that they want, obviously, right? So important to ask those questions like, okay, yeah, I have a product, but what am I really doing to make the community better? How are my products and services helping people in this community that I want to serve? So very important. Show up consistently. Anthony credits a successful Kickstarter campaign with the three years he spent documenting his journey. Not only did he build fans this way, he's been able to look back and see what progress he's made. He recommends everyone record what they're doing at least once a month to document and track their progress. What you learn can be shared to help others on earlier steps of their journey. I mean, this is what this podcast is all about, right? Um, we're here to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world by educating and inspiring the next generation of entrepreneur. Well, next generation of entrepreneur could be, you know, eight to 80, right? I mean, it doesn't really matter. But the cool thing is, there's always people that are going to be a little ahead of you and a little behind you, right? And this is what we try to do on this show, kind of encourage people and teach people what others know. So, Ask yourself those questions about how am I showing up? Can I show up consistently? Yes, it might be frustrating and you might not see the progress and you might not be able to growth hack it, but consistency in just showing up, I think we even had the Woody Allen quote, like 80% of success is just showing up. I mean, he's right. Like you got to show up and do the work. So there you have it. The actionable insights that I learned from my awesome interview with Anthony. And I'm just going to do one more plug if you want a really cool present for your dad on Father's Day, which is only like a week away or so, go to Rarecut, buy him some pocket squares. He'll look actually kind of cool. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep going.
getting better. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.